Welcome to the pilot episode of The Will to Know, a hastily put together podcast talking about topics such as nihilism and technology. In this podcast, I have two guest speakers, Mr. Jared Call and Ms. Marley Nicholas. Unfortunately, the first 15 minutes of this episode were recorded improperly and had to be deleted, thus leaving a noticeable gap in where the conversation started. And unfortunately, context is of course important and very little is provided. Either way, enjoy the episode. Being or figure like a Jesus uh, or an Allah or even a, a Jehovah, but even in New Age religions, it, it that the transcendence becomes gems, becomes stones, uh, it, it becomes even aliens. It becomes materialistic to some degree. Yeah, it needs or to be even physical. technology. Or technology, technology. itself, right? right. And if you want to get on that train, you know, technology... We'll never get off. <laughs> that is very true. That is very true. Uh, that technology will bring the disruption that postmodernism never has because technology actually promises salvation, which postmodern, postmodernism doesn't. Technology literally can provide the fountain of youth, which... But is that equivalent to salvation and I think that's the argument. It's like, but at the same time, like, like there is concrete proof, theoretically. Like, that's like the most <laughs> paradoxical statement ever. But it's like hyperbole. Yeah, it's like you could you could theoretically make someone live forever and prove that you could do that. Mm-hmm. But like, I don't know if making if that's actually synonymous with salvation, unless you're just talking about salvation from death. Right. But anyway, go ahead. Um. You said technology is the actual thing that can provide. Yeah, and so, like, all time periods prior to this one, the notion and principles of faith or religion are altered based on the current trends. And so, quite possibly, the only answer to nihilism is maybe an an adaption towards technological advances that prove its uh, dissonance or prove its prove its its own uh, meaningless meaning that well what 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 benefit do I get from believing in nihilism when I could actually believe in technology and have this this and this and this and then it, it comes back to that article. I think we've all read it in that in your book about new genetics. Oh yeah. About immor- immortality. Immortality. Where it's like, okay, so you do live forever then, but then, but then what? what what's meaningful what about exactly. that? Like, is it finiteness that gives meaning? Right, and if I can, you read. Uh, I didn't I share with you. Uh, Short saying how? Yes. Yeah. Yes, you do. Right, which plays directly on the idea of immortality. Mm-hmm. That immortality itself, this idea of salvation, living forever. I mean, he paints it in the in the way that it's he's he's literally died. But the idea actually is that living forever itself is hellish, right? Because what becomes meaningful if you live forever? I mean, that character I don't remember his name, but he went through how many. It's the constant search. It's the, can you find meaning in this endless search for meaning? Right. When in fact, it's you can make it last forever, but 
the very limited span you have of living gives meaning more gives meaning more meaning in the sense that yeah. you have a limited amount of time to find it. Exactly. It's it's the idea of a beginning and the idea of an end that creates the necessity of value. I don't know. Yeah. But then at the same time, it's like, how? Do, so coming back to the idea of unattachment then, it's like, like what, the reason that I like the idea of unattachment is like, I want to live a life so that it doesn't matter when it ends, when it begins, what I get, what I don't get, it's still a purposeful life. Which I think is the idea, maybe that's the idea of transcendence. Mm -hmm. And in that sense, you escape the necessity of the finite. Even though, I don't know, like, I'm like speaking out, I haven't thought this through fully until right now, like this conversation. Yeah. Um, but it's like, like, I want to live my life so that it is as purposeful as possible without it being, like, without that purpose being imposed. Right. Which I think is the idea of unattachment, correct? Right, right. And so then if that's, if that's your viewpoint, maybe having technology expen extend your life for forever would not actually be a big deal. Right. Or maybe being trapped in, in the hell of a short stay in hell. It's like, if your life isn't dependent on your outside circumstances, but your meaning comes from within, then it doesn't actually matter what your outside circumstances are. Right. But I don't know how that connects back to nihilism. I don't know, I can always bring it back to the whole bunch of statistics I have, but I feel like, <laughs> but I feel like everything that we've talked about, like, it doesn't necessarily need to... Not that need a modern application, but like this is just like take a conversation off course because sure. But at the same time, I think it is valid, and this is the point that I was making earlier, which is like, it's like the majority of humans are not going to wade this far into the river. The majority of humans are going to end up in those statistics. The path of nihilism, rather than realizing that there is something after this immediate sense of dread. That so many people find themselves in, especially uh, it's becoming more prominent in younger people as more and more statistics are pointing out about how the future is looking bleaker and bleaker and how there really is no future, let's say in 10 years, and how all of a sudden this is being thrust upon the right. generation. Well, and how, and I, I think, I think a lot of that derives from uh, once ignorance, once inability to find actual credible information. And especially with, the, with regards to this idea of looking around us and feeling like the future is bleak, when in fact there's been multiple studies, uh, vetted studies, by multiple Ivy League universities that have shown that, in fact, the world we live in is the safest it's ever been in all of human history. I mean, they we, this was, I think, five years ago, um, so possibly there, there could be, you know, drastic shifts, 
but they were even talking about school shootings, how school shootings have decreased. Uh, and uh, I think a large part of that is due, obviously, to the age of information. And so everything is information now, and it's at our fingertips. And so when you have, especially a, a less mature individual who doesn't quite know or have or has, I guess, uh, harbored the skill to acquire critical thinking and even cross-examination, then everything that this individual hears is valid and true and cogent. Which at that point, if everything we hear was valid, true, and cogent, it would be a very bleak world. Um, and, and so at that point, uh, I, I guess what I'm saying is uh, I think a large part of the problem is mass media or just what our values are abstracted from mass media celebrity uh, influence and entertainment because these have taken the place of the more fundamental ideas that derive or had derived in past epics from religion or religious affiliation. And I think this is where the, like the connection between the two conversations that we've kind of been having, it's like, because Nietzsche's whole thing is like, these past, what happens if you can free yourself from these past epics, right? And now it's like, we've just replaced it with something else. Right, something that so far has had a more negative effect compared to that of Christian values and morals. Yeah. And I read it, read it, it's, it's a quote along the lines of that more and more people are applying information that they receive to, they interpret it through the truth that they already hold, rather than putting their truth in the light of the information yeah. and then modifying it. Right. Yeah, I've heard, I've heard similar, uh, similar sayings. At the same time, though, it makes me wonder, it's like you're talking about how if all you're hearing is bad things, that's what makes people feel like the future is bleak. But I think at the core of even a step back from that is like if you believe that nothing matters, it doesn't matter if you're hearing good news, good news or, bad. or bad news. That's true. Because it all falls into the same, same category. It doesn't mean anything. Yeah, it doesn't matter. <laughs> right. If, again, we step back and even a step back further than that, if again, nihilism actually correlates to itself that nothing really matters. At which point then the, the only answer is to do what they're doing and commit suicide, escape from this hell. Which is kind of interesting because that implies that, that nihilism is hell. Yeah. Mm. Or meaninglessnesses. Meaninglessness. Because once you fall into that state, you only have one way out. There's no going back. Uh -huh. Right. But which is also itself. See, this there's nihilism isn't without contradiction, right? Exactly. And I think I think I touched upon that in one of my questions. Is how um, I heard that all philosophical truths are based in the, no, all philosophical inquiries are based in the search for truth. But nihilism is this constant. Rejection, constant contradiction, and rejection of itself. So, what does it offer, and why has it become like 
Right. So, and if I may, uh, as a metaphor, Socrates once said famously, all that I know is that I know nothing, right? And so then the respondent would say, well, Socrates, how did you know you know nothing, <laughs> right? And so if, if nihilism is saying that all these things don't matter and therefore they are inferencing that that is a truth, <laughs> Well, does that truth matter? Or is that true actually true? <laughs> right. So if nothing really matters, then does it matter that nothing matters? Right, right, right. Yeah. Very interesting. Very interesting. And, well, again, the religious response is appealing back to authority, appealing back to tradition, and uh, and, and appealing to uh, ritual. Um, faith, really, I guess, because when you appeal to faith, it's not arguable. And so it's almost like a But is, appeal, is appealing to meaninglessness also not arguable? Yeah, well, that's true. Right? So it's like, either way, and I think this it. is what you're talking about, the, the issue with philosophy is like, what are you actually arguing? Yeah. Except for theory. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I, I guess I would disagree that if one were to say that all philosophy is inherently meaningless, because I mean, there's hundreds, thousands of great minds. But that would also imply that meaning exists. Yeah. Which flies in the face of nihilism. Right. Uh Uh-huh. Right. Um, But again, it's like, well, either meaning does exist or it doesn't exist. You know, either this is reality or it's not reality. At some point, being on the fence isn't the answer. I find myself there quite a bit. I think most of us do, especially those who engage in critically thinking about the world around us and our subjectivity, especially when we realize that, oh, okay, well, everything comes through our sense data, (laughs) sensual perception. Um, But again, at, at some point, we have to realize, okay, so what? And how we respond after that is really, I think, what we believe, what makes us who we are. So what do you think the next generation needs? Well, based on what I've read... Bradley, 2030. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't seem like there's going to be much of a future, because in, obviously, because the way that this conversation has gone is completely off of what I originally intended it to be. But at the same time, it's also the most, probably the most productive form of conversation we could have had. But the average life expectancy has gone down. It's gone down for the past four years, which is interesting to say the least, especially considering we're we're in one of the safest times in history. Mm -hmm. And how more and more people are turning to alternative forms of self-gratification and fully distancing themselves with the use of technology simply because it can all be 
received through one little thing in our hand, which I know it's an intro. It's kind of a jump to make the connection, but I feel as if this next generation is constantly growing more and more distance from each other because of technology. But yet we constantly cite it as having uh, benefits, which it certainly does. But I don't know. I feel like completely lost track of my train of thought, but. But and that's interesting because it's like, so what Jared was talking about earlier, Mr. Paul, um, is like, is like, uh, technology could be, could be the one thing that brings meaning. But here you're also saying it's destroying the meaning, potentially, um, or at least the meaningful relationships that people could be having and could be contributing to the feeling of nihilism, nihilism in general. Yeah, that's interesting. Uh, I don't know if I, well, yeah, I don't know. Um, I haven't heard the, the statistic on life expectancy going down. I'd like you to send me that sometime. Um, Cause all my research indicates the contrary that actually we've it's constantly going up. We've we've increased our life expectancy, and actually, will will within fifty years possibly be living to 120, 130 years old. Everything that I've read has said we have the technology so that our life expectancy is should be going up, <coughs> but the numbers don't show that it's going up. Hmm. So meaning, like we can. We can extend. I mean, people. It's not strange to live into your hundreds anymore. Right, right. Where it used to be, and so like the capacity for the life expectancy to be up, everything, all the pieces are in place, but that, but that the numbers aren't actually showing. The actual fruition of reaching that cap. Right. People continue to die at a less like, and a lot of the things I was looking at was like talking about opioids and just like. Well, that's what I was going to say, right? And it's, maybe it's looking what demographic you're looking at. That, that in in this case, if we're talking about like um, United States, right? Specifically, that's like the stuff that I was reading. I don't know what. You yeah, about, that's what I was going to say. Is like we can't. It's hard for us to make general blanket. Yeah, exact generalizations. Eight, when there's you know eight billion instead of people fifty, seven billion, whatever. Mm. We we have to specify it a little more to be more accurate with with, with our the claims, yeah, because because admittedly, the, the more like the more statistics I pull up, the more contradictions I find. It all depends on the different factors everyone accounts for, right. which it's hard to, and I, I suppose it'd be kind of an injustice to try and base everything. Well, it doesn't matter anyway, Brad. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Never get a chance. That's what I read, uh, of course. Of course, I obviously, to be accurate in my claim, I obviously should have gone to multiple sources. But I was just trying to get myself in the mindset of negativity in the future. Right, right. It's yeah, it's, it's like you could, I guess you could suppose it's a negligible margin. It's gone down from like 74.6 down to 74.1, something in that range for the male population. But of course, as you said, it's normally taken into account overdoses and suicides and specific factors. Right, which yeah, I think so is relevant to the, to the conversation that we're having at least. Well, 
Yeah, as opposed to see reading over, you're probably. Let's let's look at this for a minute. So. In 2014, you're right. So I mean, according to this this data, it does show that there's you know a slight decrease from yeah you could call that thing from 2014 to 2017. But there's actually uh, the last few years they're all they're all the same. Yeah. But there's a there's well. It's entirely impossible to try and base this entire assertion off of one source. But yeah, but it, it's still it's still interesting to to look at. And it could have been honestly me searching for sources and purposely avoiding certain sources, trying to find one that supports my point. Like a confirmation which, bias. Yeah. But yeah. at the same time, the fact that I this was not the one that I looked at, but I've also heard similar things. Like, at least there's we know there's a school of thought that's. That is approaching it from this position. Yeah. And I think it's interesting because it shows like the overall trend is that people are living longer, but maybe over a span of right. Years. And it's like yeah. that's what I was gonna say is like yeah, yeah this, this that study's obviously with just fourteen to seventeen, mm -hmm. so it's last couple of years. But if you were to expand that graph from it's, seventeen it's, to sixty, so like there's and, and I guess that's. What more so what I was saying, which um, there has been a, a a greater increase in life expectancy, but it makes sense, I guess, given such things like opioids, uh, overdosing, uh, suicides, uh, abortion. <laughs> but that that was just a joke. <laughs> Not really. <laughs> Um, uh, that, 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 that trend seems to, to be going down. Um, and, and it's probably, if you were to look at any graph, there's probably points in history from a three to four, or four year span where things seem to be declining, but then all of a sudden they shoot back up. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and so maybe we can't call it a trend, but I do think there's value in looking at it at least for like, it's a real thing. Like you're you're a teenager right now. Um, we're not far from it. And so it's a valid. I think it's something valid to look at, even because it's it's a it's a reality for some people. But maybe saying that it like is the way that things are going to continue, we can't say that. But it's like something's been happening in these years for some people. Right. Mm -hmm. And then the other thing that was interesting. Um, I think to a degree that you are onto something as far as technology has necessarily compelled humans to communicate or interact with one another differently. Um, I, I have to. I might have to sprint downstairs. No worries. No worries. My phone's about to die, and I'm not about to <laughs> lose all this. <laughs>